everybody. This is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, day 69. It's now been exactly 28 weeks since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. And under the you get what you get department, I came down here because it's so hot to sit under the tree by my podcast rock. And there's a fellow who's practicing his bagpipes. Now I'm actually quite some distance away from the bagpipe musician, but as you may or may not know, the sound of bagpipes carries pretty far. So you may be hearing bagpipes mixed in with Josh Woodward's tune <laughs> and with my thoughts. And Sophie, I tell you, we must have the psychic connection because I woke up this morning and I was hungry for scones or scones, right? So I made myself up a batch of scones and then I came down to the park and hear the pipes, the pipes are calling. Well, today we're going to have a really interesting day. I'm going to give some thanks to the people that support the show financially. We're going to hear from new and old Brave Companions. A couple have called the Bravery Hotline, so we're on the Bravery Report. And my topic today is going to be, what's the difference between intuitive eating and not dieting in my old binge-slash-diet cycle days? And a new monthly feature I'm really excited about, my husband has agreed to be my scale replacement and to once a month give you his true opinion on how I'm doing with intuitive eating. So stay tuned. We'll listen to Josh and think about what are we going to let go of today? But I'm letting go. I'm letting go. It's a history that never really grows. I'm letting go. I'm letting go. It's a silent Thank you, Josh. It's always helpful to listen to your song and to settle my mind. And I got to tell you, the first thing that comes to mind is I have to let go of the idea that I can control the sound effects that happen in my local park. I'm deciding to take this as a feature to have my lone piper in between my takes here on CompulsiveOverEatingDiary.com. It's really kind of cool. I don't think that I've ever heard a live bagpipe before, so I'm going to just kind of enjoy it. So I guess that leads into our whole letting go of control, letting go of perfectionism. But the other thing that I wanted to let go of today was I'm really working at giving up my diet mentality. And by that I mean the whole idea that sometimes I am eating one way and sometimes I'm eating a different way. What I'm trying to do is all that I can to integrate my life as my life 100% of the time. And there's days when I'm more hungry or days for whatever reason I choose to eat more than other days. And it's all the same. Just like part of intuitive eating is to give up the notion that there are some kinds of foods that are bad and some kinds of foods that are good. I mean, inherently, like, oh, that chocolate bar is evil and horrible, and this broccoli is always a champion. Because the truth is that foods affect your body one way or another. Food in and of themselves are just a bunch of molecules and nutrients that 
affect you and impact you in various ways. Some people are extremely lactose intolerant and therefore even a hint of cream or whipped cream or milk in their coffee would make them very, very uncomfortable. For those people, maybe it's a better choice for them and their body not to be consuming dairy products. For me, when I eat dairy products, I actually feel very good. I thrive on that. So I have a theory that maybe part of some of my Nordic heritage, maybe that part of the family subsisted on their dairy products. And so part of our family may have learned to process that really, really well. But having been a lifelong dieter, I certainly have been used to putting foods in the legal, non-legal, good, bad, healthy, non-healthy category. And when I go off of my dieting period and head into the, okay, it's time for me to eat everything in the world I've been wanting to eat that I've been not eating while I've been dieting, I tended to go for the forbidden foods, the things that in my mind that I categorized as bad or not good for me or not as healthy, and therefore, you know, chips and chocolates and ice cream and cake and sweets and things like this took foremost position in my mind and became my number one binge foods. So I'm going to talk a little bit later on about how that's changing for me now. But first, I wanted to give my sincere thanks to the Amazon shoppers and again talk a little bit about how this works. If you are somebody who lives in the United States, in Canada, or in the UK, and you like to buy things from Amazon, if you go to your Amazon through my webpage, you will support this show because I will get some percentage of whatever you buy and it won't cost you a dime. It's called an advertising fee, and the way that it works is you need to come to compulsiveovereatingdiary.com and go through my Amazon link, which is really easy. It's compulsiveovereatingdiary.com slash Amazon. That will take you to the page. Then you can click on the U.S., Canada, or U.K., Go to Amazon for you, buy whatever it is that you want, and some portion of that purchase will come to support CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com. Now, if you go there and you look around and you make a list, you say, well, here's some cool stuff that I want to buy, and then you close out your browser and you come back later and buy it, then the price was the same for you, but none of that money came to support CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com. It's called a session, and when you're clicking through from my website, there's a special code that's part of the browser URL that lets the Amazon of the, that country know that this is coming from Lori Weaver, and therefore we're going to send you so many. If you come back later and you haven't come through the website, then Amazon has no way of knowing that you came originally from CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com. I hope this all makes sense. And again, I'm still experimenting. I went onto my Amazon.com page and I put some widgets. And that's like a, a little graphic window that loads up eight or nine things that I myself either use or really like and it takes a few seconds for that to load. So that's another way that you can go to some specific products. I think the most fun one that I have is Orlando the Marmalade Cat because that was my very favorite book growing up. I also have the lotion that I put on my face every single day to combat the skin cancer that I'm prone to. 
hiking poles, some of the books that we've talked about, odds and ends. So go ahead and take a look. And if while you're looking, you really like that product, go ahead and buy it because that's how you can support the show. I also want to give a big shout out and thank you to my very first subscriber of the Coffee Clatch. The Coffee Clatch are the brave companions who are pushing on the buy me coffee buttons to support the show financially. Now in this case, you're not getting any product in return. You're just basically out of the goodness of your heart giving me a $5 cup of coffee, one or more, through PayPal. And the way you can do that is click the one-time button and it defaults to one cup of coffee, but you can put in however many that you want and pay me that way. Or if you want, you can be like our first subscriber and either choose small, medium, or whopping large cups of coffee, and you will get billed monthly. Now, like I said, I'm shocked and surprised and very, very grateful. And I created my email list of my coffee clatchers to send you special thank yous and information. And I actually got that done even though I had to laugh because the last one I sent was not perfect, but I went ahead and let myself live with that. So coffee clatchers, I still thank you. And next time I'll try to send a test email to see if I can't get a little more, well, so what? So what that it wasn't perfect. You got the idea. I was thanking you anyway. I also got around to trying to figure out again how to send the other email list for special topics some stuff. So I sent them an update on what I'm doing. I intend to try to do that at least once a month from now on. And you can join our email list for special topics by going to compulsiveovereatingdiary.com and filling in your name and email address there. Or if you actually go to my page on Facebook, click on my cat tiger. If you click on the button that says subscribe with my cat tiger, then you will be on our special email list for special topics. And speaking of Facebook, I'm going to say again that if you're interested in what's going on with Compulsive Overeating Diary on Facebook, because I post my status there every day of how I'm feeling, what's going on. I post interesting links and features and things. But Facebook is in it for the many. So even though like 360 plus of you have liked my page, Several times the articles that I post or the statuses that I do only go to 10 or 12 of you. And the more of you that then like or comment on those articles or status, then it goes to some more. But again, typically the most I ever see go without me paying money to have it go into your feed is maybe 40 or 50. So if you really want to be in the know, bookmark facebook.com slash compulsive overeating diary and you can see what's going on and this also works for the many of you who feel a little embarrassed to like my page because you don't want to have your friends and family see compulsive overeating diary in your likes just bookmark it come visit post your opinion that really doesn't hurt my feelings and speaking of which, I wanted to tell you that one of the things I do now instead of the scale is I post every day what is my BB number. And my BB number stands for body balance. And it is a scale between 1 and 10, where 1 is I don't feel good at all. I didn't sleep. I'm stuffed to the gills or I'm starving to death. I'm cranky and I could not be feeling worse. 
10 is I had excellent sleep. My tummy and gut are in perfect harmony. I was hungry for breakfast. I feel satisfied. I'm raring to go. My energy is top drawer. Give me that bike. I'm ready to ride up the hill right now this minute. That's a 10. Today I actually did really good and I had an 8.5 and Jody posted her BB number and she's a nine. Yay! So if you want to come to Facebook, you can post what your BB number is. And I'm finding that very, very helpful. I, one of the things that I talked about over the weekend that made me really sad is I realized if I have even a small amount of wine the day before, my BB number goes down. So I guess any amount of alcohol impacts my energy or my sleep. And this Brave Companions makes me so sad because I love to pair wine with food. I really, really do. That is like, it isn't just drinking the wine. It's the whole experience of sipping that wine and tasting the food and making the food go with the wine. I love that. So what I've learned from this isn't that I'm never ever going to have a glass of wine again in all of my life, but if Mark and I are going to do hill work, let's say, on the bike the next day, I'm not going to drink wine the day before. I'm going to make sure that my wine experiments occur before a rest day or a very easy exercise day. So that's some of the things that I've learned by tracking my BB number. And while I'm still thinking about Facebook, I want to tell you today two stories about two companions I met on Facebook, Fiona and Alana. Now, Fiona, I called Fiona last show, so let's go on with her. Fiona was the one who said that I do have singing ability and who has a great blog, and she posted this comment on day 68, last show. I'm so glad my words of encouragement about your singing had a positive impact on you, Lori. I can't wait to hear more of your song ideas. I'll be listening for them on the podcast. And thank you for your kind words about my blog. Listening to episode 68 gave me the push I needed to update it for this week. And I finally gave you a long overdue shout out at littlefoodlies.blogspot.com. Now here's me stepping out of my comfort zone. For you and all of your listeners out there, my name is Fiona, like Madonna, not Fiona, like Mona. <laughs> Having the guts to correct people on the pronunciation of my name is something I've struggled with. Thanks, Mom and Dad. Oh, brother, I felt badly about that, but I commented. Sorry about Fiona. Fiona? <laughs> okay. I understand. My legal name is Lorette, and my middle name starts with A. So all through school, doctor's appointments, etc., I've had to explain, I am Lori, not Loretta. I'll correct on day 69 and give you a bravery report shout-out for the correction. Well done. Thanks, too, for the shout-out on your excellent blog. I super appreciate it. So, Fiona, you are on the bravery report. I think that is outstanding that you actually told me the correct way to pronounce your name, and I hope to goodness that I'm pronouncing it correctly now because sometimes my brain gets all scrambled, and I think I'm saying one thing, and it comes out the opposite. So I'm trying very, very hard to say Fiona and not the other way. <laughs> and, brave companions, I'll put the link to Fiona's shout-out and that happens to also be in a post that was a wonderful meditation on Robin Williams' depression and the question of suicide, being selfish or not. It's very thoughtful and very heartfelt, 
and I highly recommend you check it out and bookmark Fiona's blog as a favorite. I know that I have. Well, after Fiona, I was hesitant to welcome our next new BC who posted on my timeline on Facebook. But here goes. Al, if I botch it up, sorry, and let me know. Anyway, this is what she says. Hi, Lori. My name is Alana, and I live in the cold state of Wisconsin. Well, not cold today. Today, it's supposed to be 80, sunny and warm. I love how honest your podcasts are. Keep up the great work. I'm currently on episode 21. I really like how real you keep your episodes. I truly believe doing this podcast is helping you overcome some of those emotional battles you face when wanting to turn to food. Keep up the wonderfully amazing work. Take care and keep, take care and stay blessed. And I replied, Hi, Alana. That is so kind of you. I'm happy to meet you. I agree that doing the show has been so good for me, both because it gives me whopping big practice at identifying my feelings and because it connected me with so many brave companions who can relate. Giving support helps me as much as getting support, though for me accepting help and the support of the brave companions has been my toughest challenge, though my biggest blessing. I look forward to hearing more of your thoughts and feelings as you move along on your journey with us. And then... Later on, after the whole Fiona thing, I got all scared. So I wrote to her, Alana, I'd like to welcome you on the show. Is that okay with you? If so, do you pronounce your name like Alana, like Alana, like land, or Alana, like front? Alana. Sure, you can welcome me on the show, and that would be wonderful. Thanks, Lori. I pronounce my name like Frond. I never thought of it that way. But yes, long A on the second A. Alana. That's hard to think of how you type it out for someone, laughing out loud. Thanks again. Me. Okay, I'll do my best. I found out I mispronounced Fiona, so I thought I'd better ask. Alana. Either that or just call me Al. Ha ha. Seriously, I had a girlfriend in high school did that. I might just have to skip ahead to the episode you are going to welcome me on. I will be listening to number 22 in the morning at work. Oh, I was going to tell you too. I love the song you chose for your intro during breaks, etc. I'm letting go. I even find myself singing along to it. Okay, brave companions, there you have it. My adventures in mispronunciation. And if I ever do that to your name, please be brave like Fiona. I'm trying to see if I said Fiona just now. No, I said Fiona. Fiona, <laughs> please be brave like Fiona and let me know and I'll try to hammer it in my head. Or in your introduction to me when you post or write me letters, send me a pronunciation guide of some sort if your name is one that you've had to explain over and over again like mine. In the meantime, Fiona and Alana, if I get too nervous and start calling you Phi and Al, or Phi and Al, I hope you don't mind. Oh my goodness. All right, I'm putting myself on the bravery report because... I definitely get tongue-tied and stumble, and my brain does get scrambled, but I mean well, and my intention is always to refer to you in the way that makes you most comfortable, and if I don't, if I slip up, I really apologize, but know my heart is in the right place. I was so impressed with the many supportive comments and the interesting things that happened after I recorded day 68. Now, there's two more I want to talk about. The first one is our caller from Rhode Island 
also stopped by to comment on that day. And I'm now going to refer to her as Bryce, B-R-I-C-E, and you'll see why in my reply. Anyway, our caller from Rhode Island says, Hi, Lori. I'm glad you feel more comfortable with your weight and that you stopped feeling like a failure. Your struggles are so very human, and I think that is what's so special about your podcast. We can relate to you because you aren't, quote, better than us or more, quote, successful. I've been struggling with my relationship to food and my body image for years, and it always seems like I'm on some uphill struggle. As soon as I get to a weight where I'm happy, I will obsess and admire myself for much too long, and I will inevitably self-sabotage and eat too much soon after. Then I feel like a failure, and I go on to eat more and more for days afterwards. It doesn't make sense, but I feel like I've eaten too much to go to the gym. It will take me weeks to go to the gym and start eating healthy again, and after I fall off the wagon. I've repeated these cycles countless times so that I'm always struggling, and when I'm not struggling, I feel like something is missing. I found that hiking parallels my food issues. When I first started to hike, I would endure burning thighs, sweaty armpits, and mosquito bites at the thought of the beautiful view at the top. Sometimes, though, the view is obstructed by clouds, or there are too many visitors there, or there are bugs at the top, too. Even though the goal turned out to be disappointing, I always felt calm, reflective, and happier after the hikes. I realized then that it's not about the view that motivates me, but the actual struggle itself. And the experience of hiking is meditative, not the serene quietness on the top of the mountain. I feel like with my weight, I'm always hiking uphill, but I try to remind myself that it is the experience and not the image of the perfect body weight or the peak at the top that is going to bring me happiness. It is the now that helps me stay present. And this was my reply. I'm glad to see you, Miss Bryce, B-R-I-C-E. And that stands for Brave Rhode Island Companion Extraordinaire. So from now on, Miss Bryce, when I call you Bryce, you'll know I'm talking about you, the listener who feels like being called listener from Rhode Island. Okay, Miss Bryce? <laughs> so this is what I say to you. I, Lori, I've repeated these cycles countless times so that I'm always struggling. And when I'm not struggling, I feel like something is missing. This comment that you said struck me all at once. At my current point in the road, the absence of my obsessive thoughts and compulsive behaviors around food and exercise and the accompanying drama is leaving a huge gap in my time, day, and thoughts. I'm like a robot whose hard drive brain has been wiped and tends to sit in the corners with limp hanging arms awaiting a new programmer to come along. I think that was a trigger for me before to start up the cycle. That lull of peace and quiet was intolerable. Now I'm trying to use it to write again, to go on various meetups like my writing group, the voice actor social group, to write down the lyrics of my silly made-up songs I sing to cats, go to movies, take more hikes. It's amazing how much more time I have to fill without the robot aliens in my head or my need to tussle with them. Thanks, too, for your analogy about hiking and life. I find that true as well. I love hiking for its own sake now. Unless the blazing hot sun is beating down, I am so not a heat gal. It has a rhythm that mimics the heart. I find it is a great time to be alone with your thoughts, and its intensity is doable, but requires me to be in the moment with my body. Just foot placement while hiking takes some attention that walking around the park does not. I find I really need to reconnect with my body and its needs, and this is the primary way I do so. 
Thanks too for the encouragement. I did feel like a failure that day and was sad and disappointed in myself, but I'm proud of myself that I told you all about it. And after telling, I felt better. It does do wonders to actually speak your truth out loud. I just got a new call on the bravery hotline from a brave companion who doesn't want me to use the recording, but wanted to share her story. The relief that I could hear by the end of the call made me happy that the bravery hotline exists as a tool for anyone who wants to have that experience of telling his or her own truth out loud. And I thank you for your bravery, Bryce, in allowing your call to be heard by us all on day 64. Now, the caller who didn't mind if I were to tell some of her story but wasn't ready yet to hear her own voice on the show is Shawnee L., who I reported last show left a five-star review on the USA iTunes. Shawnee, I'm not going to tell your whole story because someday you may give me permission to use your call, and once you're ready, just let me know. And by the way, I found your audio quality quite good and your story quite compelling, so you have no need to fear of your voice being on this show because of its qualities, okay? But if emotionally you're just not ready to hear that, that's cool with us. But I am going to give you a, a little bit of a highlight of what Shawnee had to say on the Bravery Hotline. Shawnee relates to much of my own story, and she's also a food issue lifer who tends to be a people-pleasing caretaker with some exercise compulsions thrown in for good measure. She, like many of us, felt that shame and guilt grew from her efforts to lose weight and is now struggling to accept herself as she is. So, brave companions, please stop by today's 69, today's show notes, and leave a comment of encouragement for Shawnee L., our brave companion who did call the Bravery Hotline and who did take the time to stop off and leave a five-star review for this show, which, as I said before, always helps us to be found by more brave companions in the search results. Thanks, Shawnee. Now I want to also read for you Cheryl's really heartfelt, supportive comment for me on day 68. Now, Cheryl, I haven't had a chance to write back to you in the comments section, but it really meant a lot to me, and this is what she had to say. This was such a terrific episode, and I just want to say I think that what you gave up today, worrying about what people think about your not having lost weight over the weeks of the podcast, is one of the biggest and bravest steps you've taken yet. You're right. Your issues are your issues. Ours, the listeners, are our own. It's being able to work those issues out side by side in company of like-minded companions rather than getting our emotions all mixed up with each other, complicating things even further, that is the healthy way for us to grow. We're all at different places in our journeys, as you pointed out, and that gives us wonderful opportunities to learn from each other. So yay for you! What a wonderful role model you're turning out to be. Next time you feel like you're not being what you think you should, I hope you go back and reread all the comments folks have left for you. In fact, make a collage with the comments and some pictures and encouraging words and hang it up where you see it often. Let it be a big hug from all of us. And then Diane, the champion, replied to Cheryl, I love, love, love what Cheryl said. So thank you, Diane, and thank you, Cheryl. And even though I'm tardy in answering this particular comment of Cheryl's, I wanted to tell her and you all how the supportive comments on day 68 made me feel. When I walked around the park with the bonus episode 67, 
It was probably one of the lowest points since I began CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com. For some reason, it had really struck me that these people who began my show with day one, by the time they got to day 67, they are going to be so disappointed in me that I did not lose weight and become thin. Because I realized in my mind, no matter how much I was struggling with intuitive eating and trying to learn its, its principles and the, the precepts therein, I still had in my heart of hearts the idea that if I turned into a thin person, I was successful. And if I was not a thin person, I was not. Notice that I had that lesser feeling. I'm not as good as I want to be. I'm not as good as you expect me to be. And I communicated all this on day 67. And then in day 68, I finally came to the conclusion, finally, where I just had to let that go. Because there is no way that I can control for one second what anyone else in the world thinks of me. I can do my best to be funny, loving, empathetic, thoughtful. I can do all this stuff as best I can, but there's still going to be people who don't like me, and that's very hard for me to take. (laughs) But it is true for every one of us. There's none of you out there who was universally liked by every single person, even the wonderful Robin Williams. And after his passing, you'll go online and see the overwhelming... Uh, the overwhelming support there is for him and what a wonderful person he was and there's still horrible evil internet trolls and others who say bad things about him and you know there is not one of us who is perfect there is not one of us who is universally liked and because I felt so imperfect so wrong like such a bad person from the inside out that even though I've been working in therapy and working here by telling you exactly how I feel and getting tons and tons of support from you brave companions, I mean tons and tons of support, more than I even have time to put on this show. I get calls on the Bravery Hotline, I get emails, I get people who write me on the comments, the comments form, the contact form on the website. People who send me notices on Facebook privately and publicly, I get a lot of support. But even all that helps. But if inside, in your very core, you still feel like you're not worthy, you will tend to suck in the negative feelings, whether it's a comment by somebody else or a comment that comes flying through your own brain. And sometimes your brain is like a tape recorder has latched on to a negative comment that someone else has made to you sometime in your life. A relative, an old bully kid, uh, you know, somebody on the street. There's people who are assholes in the world and they say crap to you. And if you have an eating issue, people feel completely free to mention what you're eating, what you're not eating, how big your butt is, you're looking bigger, you're looking thinner, are you too thin, are you too fat? People feel completely free to say negative things about our appearance. And so, brave companions, it was like a watershed for me to understand that no matter how much progress I had made, I still had this belief 
that as a bigger person, as someone who weighed more than 200 pounds, I was disappointing people. So in 68, when I said I'm giving that up, it was almost like I put my standard in the sand and said, here's a line. Now you know I'm a believer of my life is my life. There's no such thing as before and after. Everything's just a moment. But that moment in time is a line in the sand for me. There was how I thought and felt about myself prior to day 68 when I listened to Josh and let go of letting people's expectations change how I feel about myself. And there's after. And the immense relief that I have felt after day 68 is just, I can't measure it. I am so much more easy in my own skin. I feel so much more worthy in myself. I understand that I do my best and that I can't be perfect and it no longer gives me the shroud of shame that it used to. I think I've finally come to realize with all of your help that I am just a person. That means that I have things that are good about me. I have attributes and qualities that are actually good. I have things about myself that people can enjoy and like, and it has nothing to do with how small a pants can I fit my butt into. You know? It's nice to wear smaller pants, and it's nice to fit into the chairs easier, and it's nice to have less weight on my knees when that's true. But my weight, my body type, who I am in my body, has absolutely nothing at all to do with my worth as a person. And I've said this over and over and over to you, but until day 68, when I said, I'm listening to Josh and I'm going to let this go, being responsible how other people think about me, I somehow turned a corner and began to think about my life from my own point of view. How do things feel to me? How do I feel about my progress? How do I feel about how I handled that situation? How am I going to be today? How does this food affect my body? I could give a rat's ass if somebody else eats differently than me. God bless you. I don't care what you eat or you don't eat. I really don't. I don't care if you're on a diet. I don't care if you're not on a diet. I don't care if you're training for a marathon. I don't care if you like to sit on your couch and watch reruns of I Love Lucy. What you want to do for yourself and your body and what makes you feel good for you is your business and not mine. Now, if you come to me and say, Lori, I'm feeling down. I'd like a little support or what do you think about this? I'm more than happy to tell you. I will tell you my opinion. But my opinion is only my opinion. And as far as how do I think something works, I will only tell you how it works for me, <laughs> okay? <laughs> because as I said earlier in this show, dairy products works great for me, but I know many, many people where that is not the case. And you also know that seafood products do not work for me. And I know many, many people where seafood products taste delicious and are an important part of their nutrition. But really, 
I want to thank you, thank you, thank you all for that support. Just like what Cheryl said, that support on day 68 just really reinforced my decision that I need to leave, I need to lead my life for Lori. I need to care what I, Lori, think of myself. And what you think of me is your business, not mine. Wow. That is such a major thing, and I'm so grateful for it, and I want to thank you all. Now, I want to take a moment to talk about my new friend, and I guess I would have to say honorary brave companion, Max, because Max is a very talented young man. He's a writer, he's an actor, an aspiring director, and he would also like very much to become a voice actor. Those are the people that, you know, do the commercials on TV or do the trailer voice of the movies or the voices of cartoon characters or in video games does the voice, the audiobook people. Those are voice actors, and that's something that I'm also interested in. And so as part of my own bravery, I went to the voice over actor social group, and Max is someone that I met. Well, Max had some wonderful news. About a year ago, he and some friends made this really cool video on YouTube called Les Miserables, and it's all about, it's like a parody of La Miserable, but done from the point of view of coffee baristas. It's really wonderful. And Max shared with us as a group that this video is going to be played on 2020 in the future and he was interviewed to be on camera. This is really wonderful. So I went to YouTube, looked for his video, and it is fantastic. So I immediately posted that link on my Facebook page for Compulsive Overeating Diary and asked everybody to go look at it and to share it because I think it's really important that we support talented young people who are doing something positive in the world. But as I said early on in this show, only about 10 people got to see this link of Max's great video on my Facebook page because I'm not paying Facebook to put it in other people's feet. So I also posted Max's video on CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com. It is the latest blog post. So if you go to CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com to day 69, you will see the link to that blog post where you can watch the video right then and there. And I've also got the link to the video on YouTube. So if you have a blog or you will share to Facebook or Twitter or any other social media, I'm asking you guys to go listen and see Max's video. It is so well done, and if it's in your power, share it with whomever you can share it with because I think it's awesome, and I really believe that we need to support these young folks. And I want to give another thank you to Cheryl because she came to that blog post saw the video that Max and his friends did, and she posted her encouragement to Max right there on the blog. She says, OMG, that is so awesomely clever. I loved every minute of it. The singing was amazing. You could actually understand the words better than the original Broadway song. Well done, Max. So thanks, Cheryl, for supporting that. And you guys, 
If you come to the blog, you can leave a message there too because Max is so kind, he actually came to look at my website and left me a message on the blog post where I had shared with you all how scared I was to go to that voiceover group. And I'll put the link to that too. Max is just a sweetheart, a talent, and a young person I'm very, very proud to know. Next come stories from our dynamic duo of D&D. That's who I'm calling Diane the Champion and our own Donnie. First of all, Diane, who is now all of the way caught up. Congratulations, Diane. That was a whopping bunch of binge listening in a short amount of time. Anyway, Diane posted a couple of comments of note on day 68. First of all, there was an encouragement that she wrote for our private caller from the last show. She says... To the private caller to the bravery hotline, when you said you needed to stay out of your own head, I said yes out loud, me too. And I am periomenopausal and my hormones are being a bitch right now. I understand. Okay, and then this is from me. I didn't write this, but for you all, this is what I'm saying (laughs) to Diane's comment. Me too. I'm raising the I can be a hormone crazed bitch hand. Anyway, at least it isn't boring out here in Mood Swing Hot Flashville. But now, back to our regularly scheduled comments. Then Diane posted this interesting tidbit about Donnie. I was listening to podcasts today and randomly listened to Heather Robertson's Half Size Me, and there you were, Donnie. I was so happy to hear your story. Me, Lori, I was absolutely amazed. I went right away to download the episode from iTunes because I was going hiking the next morning. And I'll put the links to Donnie's story and some other links she shared on day 69. So I did go hiking the other day and I had a wonderful time. I decided not to record because I needed to get up and down the mountain before it got too darn hot for me. And also I wanted to have kind of some private meditation time where I was just alone with my thoughts and thinking what I thought. But all the way up the mountain, I listened to Donnie's episode on Heather's show. And my goodness, what a story of endurance and getting back up. You know, I'm passing my crown to you, Donnie, for getting back up again once you fall down, I tell you. It's really interesting. Now, Donnie and I share that we lost a lot of weight on Weight Watchers, and we both of us have had some struggles in our life. But I tell you, brave companions, I'm going to put the link there. As I said, do take a listen to Donnie's story because it's fascinating, brave, and amazing, and it really, really touched my life. Also, after I listened to Donnie on that episode, I put... She and I both on the bravery report because we Skyped each other. That's right. I don't know if I told you, brave companions, but I have a phone phobia. So I don't usually Skype very often or call people on the phone very often. And Donnie had never Skyped before at all. So I just sent her some really rudimentary directions on how to put Skype on her computer and we gave it a go. But, you know, Donnie's story is just so awesome that I felt like talking to her to see if it would work that in future we could record a conversation to put on the show since we did both lose weight with Weight Watchers and both are having a bit of a go with intuitive eating. And it looks like we can do that for a future show. But right now, I've got a treat for you because Donnie called the Bravery Hotline to share her latest experiences combining intuitive eating with her Weight Watcher process. Hi, Lori, and fellow Brave Companions, this is Donnie, 
I'm out on the walk today, but I'm super, super excited. I did something yesterday that I have never, ever in my whole life done before, and I'm so excited about it, and I just want to share. And so I had a busy day yesterday with Saturday, and my morning started out busy. I ate part of my breakfast, and I got kind of full. So I saved the second part of my breakfast. Well, by the time I got to my second part of my breakfast, it was, like, closer to lunch than breakfast. But I ate it, and I enjoyed it, which then, in tune, I'm listening to my body, and I didn't get hungry for lunch until well past lunchtime. As I started to get hungry for lunch, I realized that it was almost 3 o'clock, which usually dinner is between 5 and 6 o'clock. So I decided, well, I will just kind of combine lunch and dinner, and I ended up eating dinner about 4 o'clock, which, like I said, was a combined meal, and so I ate the two meals together as one. I, my husband got home, and he wanted to go out to dinner, and of course, I had already eaten dinner. I was not hungry at all. Now it's only 6 o'clock. 6.30 at the latest. I don't remember exactly. But I agreed to go with him. And I went to the restaurant with him. And I was not hungry. And it caused me a moment of anxiety in my head. Because at first I was like, oh my god, oh my god. Because normally I would just go and eat something anyways because A, I like to go out to eat. Who doesn't like to go out to eat? I love to go out to eat. We barely ever get to go. And so when we do, I always go. Well, I got there, and I made a decision to just order a cup of coffee. And I was going to have dessert, but this happens to be a restaurant where the desserts are huge, and there's no way I would want to do that to myself by ordering a dessert, because then I would be tempted to eat the whole thing. Anyways, I just had coffee. My husband had his meal, and I just had coffee. I did end up taking one bite of his egg white as he ate breakfast for dinner and one of his favorites. And then I found myself starting to graze mindlessly on his toast. I just peeled off a piece of the crust. And then I like realized what I was doing and I stopped on the way. Ironically, as soon as we left the restaurant on the way home, I started to get a little bit hungry. But then at that point when I figured it out, it had been over four hours since I ate my meal. And logically, I should be hungry. I did start to ask myself, are you hungry or are you feeling mental hungry because you just sat in a restaurant while people were eating and you didn't eat? But I am so excited because I didn't eat. I am just, I'm over the moon excited at this experience. I got home. I had a sensible snack. I had some popcorn and some yogurt and some fruit. And I was satiated, and I think more than anything, I was empowered by the success of knowing that I could go out to eat. The waitress, she kept coming back. She's like, are you sure you don't want something? Do you need a second plate? Do you want?" And I, I just couldn't get her to understand. No, I'm not here to eat. I'm just here to accompany my husband. He's eating. I'm not hungry. It's really not socially accessible, I guess, to go to a restaurant and not eat. And, I mean, it makes sense, but... Oh my God, woo, I'm so excited. And I just had to share it with somebody. So thank you for listening and thank you for being great. Oh, and P.S. Larry, it was super, super fun talking to you on Skype. I have never, ever done anything like that. It was so out of my normal to, like, talk to someone, first of all, that I really don't technically know. And now I, like, feel like we're, like, best buds. So that was really, really cool. 
you taught me something awesome. And anyway, I just feel super excited today on this walk. Have a nice day, brave companions. Congrats, Donnie, on your success and for doing what works for you. I'm so proud of you for doing that and for giving Skype a try with me. Now, brave companions, for my own progress with intuitive eating, I'm going to play for you a very revealing interview I had yesterday with my blunt and honest sweet hubby, Mark. This is a new feature that we're starting up instead of a scale. Mark Weaver here with Lori's No More Diet Report. Each month, I will answer the question everybody's dying to know. How is it working? Hi, everybody. We're starting a new feature. Since it's been about one month since I gave up the scale, Mark, my husband, has agreed to be my impartial body commenter. Now you might think this isn't very good, that he's going to say whatever would be nice, but first put your hand up, honey, and swear on a scale between 1 and 10, where 1 is you would never hurt my feelings in any circumstance, and 10 is you're going to tell the brutal truth because that's how you are. How truthful are you about to be? A 10. So you're going to be brutal no matter what? Oh yeah. And this is just because this is how you are. Yes. You know, this can have its downside, but if, if he ever does say that you look good, you know you look darn good. Okay, before I started this interview, my impartial body observer, I showed you what size pants I'm wearing. What size are these pants? Uh, 18. Well, 18W. Well, 18W then. <laughs> and are these smaller pants than I normally wear? Yes, I thought the W stood for Weaver. <laughs> no, it stands for women's size. It means I have a big butt. Oh, okay. <laughs> but still, these are my smaller pants. These are pants that I haven't worn for a while, and I just now put them on. I haven't been wear wearing them around the house, stretching them out or anything, have I? Uh, no. Okay, then. So how do you think I look in these smaller 18W pants? Uh, you look uh, much thinner. Um, look thinner in these pants than the bigger pants? Oh, yes. Okay, how do I look compared to a month ago? Oh, you look much much tighter and much thinner. In what way do I look tighter? Um, all your muscles are, are nice and taut. Okay, so did you see me put the scale someplace about a month ago? No. Okay, honey, since you swore to tell the truth and you really don't remember the time I took the scale out into the garage, you have been into my bathroom in the last month. Have you seen the scale anywhere near that bathroom? Uh, no, I haven't. Did it used to be in there? Yes, it was. And did I get weighed on it pretty often? Yes. <laughs> in fact, every day, several times. That's correct. And I would, it would affect my mood depending what the number said. That was correct. Okay, do you remember when I was dieting, like when I was going to Weight Watchers or on South Beach or restricting my eating in some manner in order to lose weight? Yes. How many times have I done this in our marriage? 
Oh, I, so many I cannot remember. Okay, honey, since we've been married, well, in your opinion, how big was I when we actually got married? Um, you had, uh, you were, you were on the heavy side. So I was more at the top of the range of what you saw me. Yes. But did I get bigger after we got married? Uh, yes, we both did. <laughs> yeah, you were a skinny one. <laughs> we kind of enjoyed eating quite a bit together and kind of put on quite a bit. That's true. And then I lost weight. Uh, that's true also. And tell the people, is it true that I actually was very slender at one time? Uh, yes, twice. <laughs> and I was also bigger and smaller going up and down the scale several times. Oh, yes, several times. Okay, and what would you describe our food life when I was dieting? Um, vegetables, uh, lean meats. Uh, you were using protein powder, yogurt, uh, and anything that had low calorie on the package. Okay, and how did I feel when you would bring ice cream or chocolates or so-called quote-unquote fattening things into our home? Oh, I thought you were going to kill me. <laughs> I would be pretty upset by that, huh? Oh, yes. Would it be fair to say that I was a little bit obsessed with food and how much food there was and what food was in the house? That would be safe to say. How did that impact our relationship? Oh, I think it made it uh, much more tense. Okay, so for the last two or three months, I've been doing something called intuitive eating. Have you noticed a difference in the type of foods that are in our home now? Oh, yeah. Such as? Such as there's chips again, and there's ice cream, cookies, candy, um... And fruits, vegetables, uh, the same old uh, staples also. And do I get upset if you bring treats into our home now? Uh, no, you don't. How has this impacted our relationship? Well, it made it much less tense. So we just had some company come over, and we would go out to eat and so forth. In the past, when we had to go out to dinner with company, did you ever observe this make me anxious or upset? Oh, yeah. You'd uh, stress over about what, what you could eat. In this last time when our company was here and we were deciding what to eat or what not to eat, did you see me stress about that? No, not at all. How do you think that made the visit go? Oh, I think that made the visit more comfortable for everybody. Okay, because as my listeners know, Brave Companions, one of my goals is to get over my fear of food where food doesn't control my life and my behaviors around food does not impact my relationships, where the relationships come first and food comes second. How do you think I'm doing so far? Well, I think you're doing very, very well. And to reiterate, you really mean this? Oh, yes, for sure. <laughs> okay. Now, back to our original thing, now that you've given some background to the people that I am, in fact, doing intuitive eating, that we do have food in the house that's not diet food, would you say that the chips and the candies and things, are they lasting longer, or do you think that I'm just buying them a whole lot? 
Well, I buy most of the goodies, and I've noticed that uh, they actually last um, probably five, six times longer than they did before. In fact, has there ever been a time when you went to go get like some potato chips or candy or cookies and been surprised to see that there was none left? Um, not recently. Has it been that? Did that ever used to happen when I was dieting? Uh, no. If I brought any goodies in the house, they would disappear pretty quick. Because if he brought goodies in the house, the robot aliens would come down, and I would be obsessed with the fact that there was cookies or ice cream in the house, and I would just eat it all. And he would get really, really pissed at me. Okay, so we've got a lot of goodies in the house. They're lasting longer. I'm not eating them all up anymore, but they are here, and you have seen me eat these fattening foods. Uh, yes, I have. Okay, and yet today I asked you to inspect my body all over, which he did, and he took a full body photo of me in my size 18 pants, and you heard his opinion. So even though I'm quote unquote eating these fattening foods, you think again, what does my body look like one month later to you? It looks like you're doing really well. You're much skinnier and your muscles are much more taut. And your complexion is a lot more healthy. Wow, that's pretty cool. So basically, even though I'm not going to get on the scale, as an impartial observer, you think I've made progress? Oh, yes. Okay, honey, is there anything else you'd like to say to the brave companions? Well, good luck out there. <laughs> okay, thanks for, thanks for being my impartial scale observer. I hope you enjoyed that progress report from Mark as much as I did. Thanks, honey, for being my impartial observer. And Brave Companions, you can catch another report by Mark next month as he has agreed to be my scale replacement for the duration. And I also want to let you know that on the program notes for today's show, day 69, you can see a selfie of me wearing those size 18W pants. And as a matter of fact, I'm sitting here right now wearing those 18W pants on the podcast rock out in public. They fit me that well. But last but not least, to top off our time with the dynamic duo of Donnie and Diane, Diane called the bravery hotline herself. Hi, Lori. I am new to listening to your podcasts. I found your podcast about a week ago, and I have been binge listening. And I am up to just past episode 50, I believe. So I finally decided to be brave and call your bravery hotline. And I'm a little nervous, but I thought I would tell my story. I am in my mid-40s, an empty nester, and happily married. I have struggled with binge eating um, for at least eight years or so, maybe almost 10, but I do remember times when I was a young teenager um, binging at babysitting jobs and that type of thing. Um, it's very shameful and embarrassing, and some people know about it. I have uh, some online friends that know about my issue, and my husband knows, but it's still very shameful, and um, 
uh, brings a lot of bad negative feelings. My biggest problem is that I do not binge at home, generally speaking, sometimes when I'm alone, but generally speaking, I don't, but I do binge at work. And you may be wondering how that's possible, but um, as difficult as this is to admit, I have a house cleaning business and I clean for some very wealthy families that live in their McMansions on the hill and they have huge walk-in pantries and generally they shop at the warehouse clubs or the Sam's or Costco and they have so much junk food in their house for their kids that they have purchased in bulk that it is very easy when I am alone in their home cleaning to pick one of this, one of that, you know, one granola bar, a couple cookies, um, you know, uh, just different things, uh, you know, cereal or, or bread or that's the type of thing I go for. And it's very easy for me to get away with eating these things without their knowledge because, quite frankly, they have so much junk food in their house. I am sure they have no idea if one of their four children has eaten all of the granola bars or whatever it could be. I don't ever eat, like, polish off the package of cookies or polish off a package of granola bars. It's always one thing of this and one thing of that so that I am doing it in an uh, in, a, in a way that they would not know that it's happening. They would not suspect that I am in their house eating their food. Again, this is extremely embarrassing and shameful to even talk about. And my husband knows this and he says to me, well, don't you think that you're stealing from your clients and if you look at it that way then yes I am stealing their food although I would never steal their money or their jewelry or their possessions anyway another complication I guess you would say to this whole thing is I'm not an overweight person or maybe just 10 pounds but I'm a personal trainer and I feel that I am very much a hypocrite by preaching to my clients the benefits uh, of eating a healthy diet and everything in moderation, and I can't seem to keep that under control. I feel that this all stems from the fact that I absolutely hate to be alone, and I am in people's houses alone all the time. I feel like I have very little, even though I know a lot of people, I don't have very many friends, uh, close, fr close uh, friends, female interaction, girlfriends, um, not people that I talk to on a, you know, all the time. I have friends, but they're busy with their lives and we just can't, for whatever reason, make connections. Anyway, um, there's my little story in a nutshell, which there's 
I'm sure there are many, many layers to this onion that need to be peeled back. But I just wanted to tell you that I do like your podcast. I enjoy listening, and I'm uh, looking forward to catching up and being a part, um, more playing a more active part with comments, etc., um, in the compulsive overeating diary group. So thank you, Lori, uh, for what you have started. And it's um, a lot of the things that you say are are very, uh, very much hitting home for me. Man, oh man, Diane, you are on the bravery report for sure. I want to thank you for being so very brave and revealing so much about your journey. Remember, brave companions, if you think that was brave too, be sure and stop by day 69 and post your encouragement to Diane the Champion because, oh my goodness, how hard was that to tell that story on the bravery hotline and to agree to let it go on the show? My heart goes out to you, Diane, and I want to thank you so much. Well, Brave Companions, we've had a really interesting mixed bag of interesting stuff today. But before I let you go and tell you all to take care, I did want to hit my topic, which is what's the difference between eating intuitively and just eating like we eat when we're not on a diet? Right, because intuitive eating actually sounds an awful lot like eating whatever you darn well want whenever you want, the same as not being on a diet. And in some ways it is, but in a lot of ways it's different. Now I've shared before and I'm gonna reiterate, I used to think that my eating disorder was the binge side of the equation. I thought when I was compulsively eating or the robot aliens came down and thrust their robot arms into my sleeves and forced the chips down my gullet, that that was my eating disorder. I have since learned and experienced that the diet side is also part of my eating disorder. The restriction of dieting and exercising for weight loss was directly responsible for my binging later, both for emotional and psychological reasons and for physical hungry reasons. Now again, that may not be true. In fact, it is not true for every single person that ever overeats in their life. Not everybody is an emotional eater. Not everybody has binge eating disorder in the way that I do. But it was a revelation to me to find out that my dieting side, when I thought I was being, quote, good, unquote, was every bit as bad for me psychologically as when I was binging out of control with the robot aliens. So the way it used to be is I would be on a diet, and I know that every one of you knows what that means to be on a diet, and I would be on a diet for as long as I could, and either I would give up dieting completely and give up, and have a period of out of control eating where I would eat anything and everything that I wanted to eat or in the course of my diet I might have days or meals or times when I would have a binge and way overeat. Now again for me a binge isn't necessarily you know I had a piece of pie because that looked good or I had cake because I was out with my friends in the course of my diet I never really considered that compulsively overeating to actually be eating on purpose for me if I was ever eating the food because of the food 
Okay, by, and that's kind of tricky, but if I was ever, ever eating because f I was hungry or the food was delicious or I was celebrating with friends and so we were eating some food, I never considered that part of my compulsive eating problem. Compulsive eating for me was always using food in a way that was sort of unconscious or self-soothing, you know, eating a whole bag of chips very quickly because I was angry and maybe I didn't know I was angry or feeling sad and so eating a lot of ice cream or feeling fat and then so eating a lot. And I would also alternate like eating bowls of cold cereal. I would just shove this cereal and milk would run down my mouth. I mean, for me, binging was literally like a, a mad dog with his head in the bowl, just you know, eating this stuff. And I had this happen all the time. And it seemed like the more I tried to quote unquote be good, the more I would have these wildly out of control moments or unconscious desire. As Mark said in our interview, if he brought some cookies home and I saw them, those cookies would just be on my mind and that is all I could think about is these cookies until eventually I would just go eat them. So if I was ever not on a diet, the longer I would go not on a diet, I would see my binge behavior reduce, but my overeating behavior remained constant. Like I think I said to you in show number one that just kind of eating whatever I want to eat, I tend to put on a half a pound to a pound a week. That's because I was not binging per se. I wasn't going to the cupboard and eating whole bags of chips because I was eating chips or pizza or drinking beer or doing whatever I wanted for the six months prior to starting this show. And that is kind of similar to what I do with intuitive eating. But the difference is with intuitive eating, I don't just eat whatever I want whenever I want. I pay attention to my body. I really pay attention and think about what do I feel like eating and am I hungry right now? And even if the answer is I'm not hungry but I still want to eat that pie because it's delicious, well, I eat the pie. And as soon as I stop thinking it's delicious, I stop eating the pie. If I'm eating because I'm hungry, I pay attention and when I get to a certain hunger feeling or non-hunger feeling, I stop eating. And when I first started intuitive eating, I kind of took it like another diet. Like, oh my goodness, I better not be eating on the hunger scale unless I'm like a two or a three. I'm that hungry. I better not be eating at four, five, six, or seven. I better not do that. And I better stop when my fullness side of the hunger scale was six or seven. And if I ate to eight or nine, I felt really kind of bad about myself, like I was somehow screwing up intuitive eating. And that's because I still was in the diet main mentality that intuitive eating was another way for me to lose weight and just get to eat chips and cake. I mean, how perfect is that? Nirvana, <laughs> I get to eat cake and lose weight. That is perfect. So I was really kind of stressed out. I would think all the time, how hungry am I? What's my hunger number? And when I was eating, is how is this tasting? And, and that's what I did to learn how my body was. But as I shared with you, at best, doing all this stressful stuff kind of made me a little uncomfortable. And I think for sure I put on a few pounds. 
And that terrified me. I know I did shows on that. I'm terrified because I think I'm getting fatter. Oh my God. Because no matter how much I'm talking about my pleasure of intuitive eating and psychologically from day one, from the moment I gave up dieting, it has been a psychological win for me all across the board. But I really was sad that it looked like, okay, the best I can do is stay the same and it looks like I might be even getting bigger and I found that very, very distressing. It was so hard for me to come to the place where I could say, even half-assed, okay, body, if I need to get bigger than this, if this is what you want to be, if that is who I am, I'm going to just allow that. I'm going to be who I am. I'm going to eat when I'm hungry. I'm going to eat whatever I want. I'm going to pay attention body to how that impacts how I feel. I'm going to make decisions that's best for my spirit and for my body. I'm just not going to worry about it anymore, but I am going to pay attention. And it seems, honestly, remember I told you that day 68 was a watershed moment. It seems that the minute that click went in my head, where I really didn't care anymore what other people thought of me and I really didn't care anymore if my body was going to be bigger than normal. The minute I actually truly believed that, I think my body started to adjust going down a little bit because as Mark told you, since I did that show, I've actually, I think, dropped a little bit of weight and I haven't been trying to. I've still been exercising as I feel like it. I've still been eating as I feel like it. And as Mark said, sometimes we have vegetables and salad and meats. Sometimes I still have pie with whipped cream, though not as much as I did at the start. But I'm really not moderating my food in any way. Whatever I feel like eating, I eat. And our cupboard does have potato chips and candies and cookies and things and treats in it and it doesn't cross my mind it just doesn't cross my mind that those things are there instead I'm thinking about other things in my life and people in my life so it's really amazing to me that I'm making the progress that I am so I kind of hesitated even to talk about this with you because I can't promise you, hey, you all, if you become intuitive eaters, you are going to drop weight. That is not true for every single person. Some people who really do well with intuitive eating stay the same or gain weight. Some people, you know, I had kind of more of a chance to lose a little bit because people that are binge eaters, if you get to the place where you're really not binging, you tend to be eating less calories overall than even if you average diet time and binge time. If you're just not binging and you're paying attention, it is likely that you might lose a little bit at least. So I'm hoping that will be me. But even if it isn't, I'm okay. I'm not bigger than when I started. It's been 31 days since I've stood on the scale, so I have no idea what my weight by the numbers is. But Mark is brutally honest and even if he wasn't brutally honest 
I can tell by how my clothes fit and the energy that I have and by looking at the mirror, the color of my skin, the brightness of my eyes, the quality of my hair, that I'm feeling good. I'm doing well. And yes, I started out kind of going heavy on the, the chips and ice cream and binge food kind of side when I started legalizing all foods and letting, letting uh, intuitive eating take its course. But now I find myself being actually hungry for the broccoli, hungry for apples, hungry for lean meats, as well as these treat foods. And the treat foods are kind of retreating more into what you might think of as an occasional thing to eat. And my body is actually wanting some of the more quote-unquote nutritious foods that I used to have before. But I used to have them before because I was being good versus now I'm having them because that's what I feel like eating. It's really an interesting journey and I'll keep updating you with how I'm really doing with it. And however the road is taking you, whether you're trying intuitive eating or if you're like Donnie and you're doing a combination between a food plan that works for you and intuitive eating, or whether you're like Karen and finding superb success with a different kind of eating program altogether, just know that I wish you very, very well in all of it. And until next time, take care because I care. I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. I've been waiting on a free ride, ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound. Side.